You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome, friends, to another episode. How are you feeling? How's everything going? Feeling good? Enjoying fall? Here in Charleston, it does not feel like fall. This past weekend, it was around 85 or something, I think. And in the sunshine, if you were if you were in the sun, it was about 90. So definitely not fall feeling weather in Charleston, but I am hopeful. I just heard earlier this morning that it is supposed to get cooler this weekend. So that will be nice. I will say, of course, I've said it before, I love summer. And I love hot weather, but when it's almost November, I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready, at least for a little bit of cool weather, you know? I mean, what am I supposed to wear? I don't know. I don't know. This is terrible. So, um, when I was thinking about doing this episode, I initially had thought about, which I'm still going to chat about later, um, chatting about my ideal day. So this would be not something that happens every day, but my ideal day and what that involves and how it keeps me balanced and how it keeps me healthy and happy and all these things. And that kind of morphed into me thinking about the blue zones because some of the things, well, all the things pretty much that I try to incorporate daily also happen to be traits of blue zones. So if you listen to my episode from a couple, it was a couple episodes ago um, with Dr. Renee Thomas out in Loma Linda, California, which happens to be one of the blue zones, uh, we, we chat about them and what they are, where they are. Um, but I wanted to dive in today and talk about how we can live our lives like we're in a blue zone, because Charleston is obviously not a blue zone. Uh, a blue zone is a region of the world where people live the longest. With They have the least amount of disease. They're not on a bunch of drugs. They also have the most centenarians. So people living to be 100 years or older. Um, like I said, these people are not reliant on pharmaceuticals like we are. And they also sh- happen to share a bunch of uh, habits that they have coined the power nine. So the research has shown that those nine behaviors and the outlook that they share help increase their longevity, health, and happiness. So we're going to talk about how we can, those of us who are not in blue zones, can live super healthy and super happy for a long time and try to incorporate and learn from these blue zones. And uh, we're just going to dive right into it. So the I'm actually looking at the book right now. So the the book was written, or sorry, the research was done, and then the book written by Dan Buettner, um, and that the term, I guess, was first uh, came about in 2005 from a National Geographic cover story titled "The Secrets of a Long Life," and Dan Buettner went on to uh, write a book, which is now a New York Times bestseller. So the, the places that have the longest living people and the healthiest people are Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Loma Linda, California, Okinawa, Japan, and then E, Korea, Greece. So these five places were discovered when Dan Buettner assembled a team of medical researchers, anthropologists, epidemiologists to search for evidence-based common denominators among all of these different places. 
and then kind of went from there, you know, going to these different places, interviewing hundreds and thousands, doing uh, statistic work, research, data, like, you know, finding out what they're eating. And like I said, researching what they do daily, um, interviewing, you know, their lifestyle and what they think, you know, contributes to it. And then collectively like putting it all together and then realizing that there was common thread in all these different places. And what's so great about this research is that, you know, it's just not, it's not in one specific place, you know, like you can't say it's just like one country. It's all over the world. And these people are all different nationalities. They're from different regions and all have, you know, different cultures, but at the same time, they're all kind of doing the same thing. So the power nine, these are the common things that all these different places do. So these are in no particular order, but the first one is they move naturally. So they get out and move during the day. Um, This can often be, you know, they walk to work. I mean, part of these blue zones are that they are, you know, they're, city or their town it's already kind of set up in this way so it is conducive in that right in that regard um they might walk to work or they might walk to the bakery so they are moving naturally daily so most of us in america get in our car and go somewhere i mean if you live in a very walkable city then that's probably different i mean if you live in downtown charleston then that's certainly a great thing about that but a lot of us don't. So the first one is that. Um, number two is they have a sense of purpose. So they, I mean, that's just pretty self-explanatory. Um, the third is they have a sense of belonging. Fourth is they put their loved ones first. The next is they have the right tribe. So the people they surround themselves with, um, they really feel connected with and um, feel like they fit in. The next would be that they have time to downshift during their day. And then they also do this 80% full rule. So they um, eat until they're 80% full. Um, And then a large one for me is that they uh, tend to slant plant-based. So they eat mostly plants. And then the last one is they wine at five. So they drink maybe a glass of wine, uh, usually red wine. But so the move naturally one, I definitely, um, you know, for us not living in a blue zone, I think that, yeah, maybe you, you can't walk to work and that would be great if we all could. But I think focusing on just getting out into nature and walking in general, I mean, I think that exercise, you know, is great as far as like, you know, classes or, yoga and that sort of thing. Cause I love that. I think that there's also the mental aspect of yoga and working out that's helpful, but at the same time, um, it's just not going to have the same effect as like just walking outside. <laughs> so, you know, go for a long walk. You don't have to run. Like walking is one of the most effective exercise. It, it exercises, it gets your lymph system moving, which your lymphatic system, uh, you know, is what flushes out toxins in your body. And if you're just sitting around all day, it is not working properly. And this is how you can get stagnant blood. You can get stagnant toxins that just sit there. So this is why I think for sure, if they're moving naturally every day and walking every day, then they are going to be flushing out whatever toxins would be sitting there. So definitely try to move as much as you can. Yeah, the blue zone, the people of the the blue zones actually don't 
they don't do any, you know, pump iron. They don't run marathons. They don't join gyms. I'm not saying that those are bad things because we love doing those over here. But, you know, I think that just, just like the most natural things, they have gardens, you know, they do yard work. Um, and they just are, you know, living in an environment that is kind of encouraging them to move without even thinking about it, which is really nice. Um, the next one is purpose. So um, this would be kind of like, you know, why they wake up in the morning, which is what they've literally said. I think um, they've been quoted saying that. Um, so knowing your sense of purpose is apparently up to is worth up to seven years of extra life. And, you know, Obviously, I think this is harder to try to explain how to find if you don't have it, but I think that, you know, possibly writing in a journal every day, which I try to do, um, I didn't do it today, <laughs> but again, try not to be too rigid on myself. It's okay if you don't do everything, you know, all your your special things every day, um, but writing in a journal and writing down your daily gratitudes is helpful. Um, obviously, if you're a parent that I'm sure can give you a sense of purpose, maybe your job, maybe you help people. Um, but I also think getting out there into the community is really beneficial and trying to figure out your passion, reading, um, and just exploring new things can help you figure it out. The next one is downshift. So people who live in the blue zones obviously experience stress like all of us do. And stress is horrible. It can lead to chronic inflammation associated with literally every disease. So stress is the most powerful thing. I mean, I, I always talk about nutrition and I am a huge advocate of nutrition, but I really believe that, you know, all of the broccoli and kale in the world cannot save you if you are chronically stressed. It's just not going to work. So the people in the blue zones, like I said, they do have stress. But what they do have in common is that they they have routines that help shred that stress. So they will take moments out of the day to remember their ancestors. Uh, some of them will pray. Some different uh, regions will take naps or do happy hours. So whatever helps you relieve stress, maybe that's yoga, maybe that's meditation, um, you know, maybe that is praying or maybe it's, you know, thinking about your grandma, which I do that often, both my grandmas. Um, but whatever that, whatever that is, it's really, really necessary to try and incorporate it every day. And we all live super busy lives. So I understand that time is very valuable, but you know, even 10 minutes of like meditation or just sitting in a quiet place can be super beneficial for us. I mean, let's say you do have kids running around like crazy, then yeah, just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes that they could, you know, somebody else could be taking care of them and you could just be like, I don't know, sitting in a chair by yourself with silence. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that that is a huge thing that all of us in America except for Loma Linda, obviously, because that's California, but that all of us could benefit from. And, you know, again, I can never stress how horrible stress is. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, okay, so the next one is the 80% rule. And this is kind of funny because when I had Dr. Renee Thomas on, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, she said that she was, she was laughing about it because she had been in Japan and 
you know, Okinawa is one of the blue zones. And I'm not sure if she was necessarily in Okinawa, but she was in Japan and she was like, I don't know about that 80% rule because they were stuffing rice down my face, basically. Like I was about to explode. And, you know, I have heard that they, you know, I mean, it's just, it's definitely a, um, you know, when you have visitors in town, I mean, my grandmothers definitely used to do this. Like, oh, you don't you want some more? Don't you want a second or a third? And it's like, chill out. There's stuff to the brim. But it's like a loving thing that you want. You don't want anybody to to leave, you know, not super full and happy. But um, the Okinawans, which is in Japan, but, uh, you know, is a very special region of Japan. And not everywhere else is like this. But they stop eating when their stomachs are 80% full. So I think that a really easy way to do this for us is to eat slowly. And I encourage this for all my clients and pretty much everybody I know is to just is to chew your food really well, which is going to be helpful for uh, your digestion and obviously assimilating nutrients because right when you put food in your mouth, you are starting the digestion process because your saliva is in your mouth is all part of that system. So Eating slower will help you do that because then you're giving your body and your your mind and your stomach time to communicate and tell you that you're full. So when we scarf down food really, really quickly because, you know, we're either ravenous or we're in a hurry, and then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, we are just like stuffed to the brim. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm so full. I'm almost miserable, right? But we need to take our time, you know, really enjoy the food, like, you know, have gratitude for the food, um, and sitting down with friends and family is super helpful for eating slower because then you're also talking and communicating and, um, just making it more of like a ritual because that's what it should be. I mean, food is our way of connecting, right? With our loved ones and with our friends. So I think that that could help with that 80% rule. Uh, the next one is my personal favorite, the plant slant. So people who live in the blue zones eat mostly plants, um, between 90 and 95%, depending on the region. And the Loma Linda Seventh-day Adventists actually, who are the healthiest of all the blue zones, uh, do not eat meat at all. But for the places that do eat some meat, it is on very rare occasions. It's very seldom. It actually says that on average, they would have meat five times a month. And of course, these are different types of meat than we eat over here. Um, so this would be very, very fresh, not factory farmed, um, and often a lot of uh or not a lot, but if they eat something, it's a lot of seafood and, you know, stuff that was caught that day. But most of their food is centered around plants. They eat a lot of beans and a lot of legumes, lentils, soy. Those are kind of the cornerstone um, of most centenarian diets. So eat more plants. <laughs> I could say that all day. Uh, the next one is wine at five. So apparently, except for the Seventh-day Adventists who were in Loma Linda, apparently most of the Blue Zones, uh, they drink alcohol moderately. So they have one to two glasses of wine a day. I'm sure some of y'all are really happy about this <laughs> with friends or with food. So I think that this could also kind of go along with the, with the downshift because, I mean that's what it is, right? You had a long day and you're having a glass of wine to wind down, right? And, and to be with friends or whatnot. 
Um, I could go into this one a little bit further, but always choose organic wine because this is going to be a huge one for all of these places that are, I mean, Italian wine, Greek wine. I mean, Europe does not allow the same amount of chemicals on their crops. So their wine is default going to be healthier than ours. So if you're choosing wine, always choose organic. Otherwise, it is literally a glyphosate bomb. Grapes are heavily sprayed with pesticides in this country. So if you are eating anything that is sprayed heavily with pesticides, I mean, that's just, that's what you call it is a glyphosate bomb. You know, strawberries, berries, grapes, any of these things that have a small, they have a very thin, um, they have very thin, thin skin that you eat, then they are going to have a lot of those chemicals. So I'm not a big drinker myself. Um, but my thing is, and I think that this is helpful, um, if you aren't wanting to drink is to find a fun non-alcoholic beverage that is still feels, you know, fancy and fun, right? So mine is kombucha. (laughs) And I've also, I like to mix my kombucha with different things. So I make my own, but then I also buy some. Um, And it's really bubbly, you know, so that makes it kind of fun and festive. But you can do like a splash of uh, coconut water and then maybe add some muddled mint or some, a different type of, you know, fruit juice and just make it fun. And then also put it in a fun glass. So again, like if you don't drink, um, I think this is a fun way that helps you downshift (laughs) and then also is like your wine at five things. So you feel fancy. Um, or you could do like a sangria, like a kombucha sangria. So I've done that. So do 50, 50, you know, wine to kombucha ratio. So you're not getting as much alcohol. Um, but you also feel like you've had something special, right? Um, but again, always choose organic wine. Uh, so the next one is a sense of belonging. So of all of most of the centenarians that were interviewed for the Blue Zones uh, research said that they belonged to some faith-based community. So apparently denomination didn't matter at all, but that the research showed that attending some type of faith-based service a couple times a month would add to the life expectancy around four to 14 years of the centenarians that were interviewed. So I think that this could really be, you know, kind of anything. It could be a religion. It could be spiritual. I mean, I also think, you know, even yoga, like finding a community of people who are into yoga or meditation, or maybe it is, you know, a Methodist or Presbyterian. I mean, it could really be anything that you feel like you're a part of something, you know? So that is a big one. Uh, The next one is they put their loved ones first, which obviously this is very nice. Um, So most of the ones who were interviewed, they put their families first. So this means that, you know, their aging parents and grandparents were nearby or they, you know, spent a lot of time with them. They also committed to a life partner, Um, And they invested in their children, you know, with time and love, not just with buying them gifts, which, you know, a lot of times people can get caught up in and think that children um, and that loved ones just want things. But, you know, that is at the end of the day and at the end of your life, you're we're not going to look back and be like, ah, I'm so glad that I my loved one bought me that new handbag. 
you know, no, you're going to want to, to think back of all the times that you spent together. That is what stands out the most. So this is, I mean, pretty much a no brainer to me, um, is to always put your family first. And I, I like to think I do that. <laughs> uh, the next one is the right tribe. So I also think that this could kind of go back to maybe, well, it could go back to a sense of belonging, but at the same time, so this is like a social circle. This is a little bit smaller than that. Um, so these people, especially in the Okinawans, they would have a group of five friends that they committed to each other for life. So I think that's so nice. Um, so these were, you know, just a social network that they would do things together, maybe go have tea, and they were just always there for each other. So finding your right tribe, that can be harder, I know. Um, and I feel kind of sad because my tribe has, uh, it's kind of shifted, you know, and I guess that happens too, but some of my best friends who all used to live here, which was really nice, have moved away. And um, it does feel more lonely and also working from home <laughs> by myself is kind of lonely so if you are someone who who feels that way uh try to get out you know and um I don't know go to a coffee shop just being around other people helps I watched a YouTube video the other day well it was a TED talk and the lady was talking about how isolation is the killer of dreams that was the title <laughs> And I was just like, oh, no, I'm isolated. I'm isolated right now. But I'm glad that I am recording this for y'all. So I don't feel bad about that. But but generally, yeah, I'm at home working on my computer or painting. And I'm very thankful that I have, you know, a space to do this and my own office slash studio. But there is nothing like human interaction, right? Like you can't replicate it. You can't. Uh, you know, um, switch it, swap it out for internet or computer socialization. It's just not the same. And I feel a little bit like social media has kind of done this to us in that, you know, you, you feel like you're, I mean, you are, you're talking to someone, but there's just no replacement for actual physical human interaction (laughs) and so yeah I mean try to try to find your tribe try to get out um and I guess we can all just try to aspire to be more like blue zones I think that you know this is really a huge a huge thing for um for just showing the power of lifestyle because that's basically what this is like it's showing the power of your life and the choices that you make every day, whether it's with your food or your interactions or, um, you know, just how you, how you go about your day. And they're, they're not really, they're not really that revolutionary or surprises. I think it's just things that we as a society have kind of lost. And I also think that the, the way our society has changed over the last few decades has kind of done this to us. Um, because I feel like all of these things on this list, most of them at least, were things that used to be part of the culture here in America. And just in the last few decades, it's just changed so dramatically. And and so I think that just kind of being aware and trying to get back to these just kind of basic fundamentals of life, um, which these people in, you know, 
I, I, Icaria, <laughs> I keep saying it wrong. I want to say it wrong. Uh, you know, Okinawa, Loma Linda, that they, they've just, they've just figured it out and they're sticking with it. So we need to take note and try to live a more blue zone lifestyle. You can learn more about the Blue Zones on their website, uh, bluezones.com. You should also definitely read the Blue Zones, Nine Lessons for Living Longer from the People Who've Lived the Longest by Dan Buettner. It is an excellent book, um, really quick read, and it goes over you know, all the things that they do um, to stay healthy and live long and prosper. So for me, I try to incorporate some of these just naturally throughout the day. I think at first it was probably kind of a conscious effort, but now it's become more of a lifestyle and I don't really have to think about it as much. So my ideal day that would result in a kind of blue zone um, benefit, I guess, would be that I, I start my day with enough time for me to have to myself, basically. So this means that waking up early enough, whether it's, you know, before everybody else or whatnot, to just be with my own thoughts and kind of, you know, get the day started on a right foot. So this means that I have a nice herbal tea that I would write in my journal. So this is called The Morning Pages is what I call it, which comes from a book called The Artist Way. This book I read years ago um, when I was just beginning my art career and I had heard so many other artists who had read it, like really successful artists. um, And I was like, oh, okay. So I ordered on Amazon when I think Amazon was just books. (laughs) And um, it's like a course that each week you do different things. And the main thing that you never stop doing is you write your morning pages. So these are three pages of long-handed, just stream of consciousness writing. And it has definitely helped me a lot in just my creativity and productivity. Like you, like I said, you don't have to be an artist. But honestly, like most people... Um, Art is, and and creativity is a part of all of our lives, whether we realize it or not, whether you are a painter or you're not a painter, I mean, or a musician. I mean, everything we do, whether it's even just structuring our day in a way that is effective, is like a creative art in itself, right? So I think that this book can really help everyone. And I think writing your morning pages could help everyone. I also um, always end my morning pages with my positive affirmations and my gratitudes. And this really helps put things in perspective for my day and just starting it on the right foot, being grateful for, you know, just the smallest things, having a roof over our heads, right? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you have a lot to be grateful for. Yes, we are all going to have times in our lives that are very difficult. That is just the nature of being alive. (laughs) And, uh, and it doesn't matter what species you are. Um, but so I think that, that that is really helpful. So that's how I would begin. And ideally, I would also exercise in the morning. I think that helps get things started. But if I don't exercise in the morning, I try to get it in in the afternoon. Um, but again, not every day I exercise. Um, but I try to do as much as I can um, per week. So I would begin that way. I usually have um, my 
smoothie about mid-morning and this would be a very nutritious smoothie with some spirulina and spinach, banana, kind of all my favorite things. And then I would continue working until lunch. I would have lunch with some loved ones, ideally outside, right? I mean, if the weather's nice, on a perfect day, I would go for a walk after lunch or maybe, you know, consciously park further away. (laughs) So you have to walk further. I mean, that's kind of the thing about living in America. We try to park as close as we can to whatever building and walk as little as possible, which is ridiculous. So I'm trying to like park further away. It's okay. You know, I'm in stage in my life where I can walk really well. So I might as well do that. Um, so yeah, I would probably go for a long walk. Then I would go back home, work for a little bit longer, maybe have a midday snack or kombucha, matcha, tea, that kind of thing. And in the day, at some point in the late afternoon, and maybe go for another walk if I didn't get to go on a walk. Just being outside as much as I can is a huge part of my life. Uh, Go to the beach, just sit in the sun, and I would have a delicious, nutritious meal for dinner, obviously plant-based, so I think that goes without saying probably, with some lentils or beans and just sit at the table instead of like in front of the TV or something and enjoy conversation, enjoy my meal, take my time. And in the evening, just kind of wind down, read a book, listen to some calming music, put on my essential oils, um, and maybe even have another tea. That's a lot of tea, right? Okay. I probably don't drink that much tea, but in this is my ideal scenario. So maybe I would, right? And that's probably my ideal work day. Now, my ideal weekend would probably look different, but that's for another time. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I hope you've learned something about the Blue Zones and maybe taken away something that that you can incorporate into your life to try to live healthier and happier. Uh, I think, you know, at this point, the way the world is, we, we kind of have to take, you know, these conscious steps to make a change because it's not just going to happen on its own, Right. So as always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. If you are not already following me on Instagram, please do at The Refined Hippie. You can find me on my website at therefinedhippie.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there and please be sure to like and subscribe to my podcast. I put out podcast episodes every Tuesday and next month I have quite a few pretty cool people lined up and I'm waiting to hear back from a couple other really big ones, uh, big fish. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say they're coming on if they're not, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. And you can also go to my website and if you're enjoying these podcasts and finding value in them, you can give me a little boost and send me a little tip from tipalink.com. It is a platform I've talked about before that I am extremely excited about. It lets supporters and fans tip your web pages, so your website. So if you're a blogger, a podcaster, a musician, an artist, anything, and you are producing content that you put on to the internet, then you can get your supporters to help monetize you a little bit because that is what it's all about. You know, we're putting out, lots of people are creating amazing stuff, amazing content, recipes, um, music, like I said, art, just things that we're all enjoying and getting value from. So why not tip them 
a little bit of money, just kind of like you tip a waiter or a bartender. So you can tip as little or um, as much as you want and whenever you want. So again, you can go to tipalink.com to learn about that. You can go to my website. There is a little coin in the bottom right-hand corner and you can go from there. So let me know if you have any questions and if you or someone you know is needing nutrition help, digestion help, hormonal help, maybe they just need some assistance in meal planning or getting recipes, going plant-based, any of those things, shoot me an email. I am currently taking new clients for my wellness program. My email is Rebecca at therefinedhibby.com. And I'm also going to be posting some new recipes coming up for the holidays. I'm working on those right now. I have a whole list of recipes that I am waiting to take pictures of, and that takes a lot of time. So those will be coming out in the next couple weeks. So be sure to follow along. And until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. Bye.